And it's very easy to set a goal that can be reached within a quarter or 100 days. It just depends on when you want to do it. You don't necessarily have to start every goal. And I wouldn't advise this. Start every goal at the beginning of the year and then just try to do all of them in the first quarter. Like that's not realistic at all. But being very focused and what time of year you want to focus on a goal and then only focus on that for that short period of time will really motivate you to pursue that goal exclusively and to make it happen and then move on to the next thing. What's up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Brittany Ball of the Be Chic Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about the healthy intersection between your money, career, passion, and purpose. So today's episode is one of those that just comes around year after year. We're talking about our next year's goals. And this year, we're going from 2022 to 2023. So if you listen to um, the same iteration of this podcast, but in a different year, I'm coming at it from a different angle. So this is you know, what I've learned in the last couple of years and last couple of months and even weeks as my mind has been very hyper-focused on what I could be doing to have a more successful 2023 compared to 2022. I will admit 2022 was off to a rough start for me. I waited too long to set my goals. Honestly, I think I waited until the beginning of the year to get very clear and confident in my goals for the year. And so I had a very slow start. So some of those milestones I might have set for myself in March were so unrealistic to me because I was unable to actually start to get some momentum before, let's say, the first quarter was over. And I wanted to avoid all of that this year. So I actually started thinking about my goals in October and put things in place so that I'm already making progress to those goals now. And then when 2023 rolls around, we're already thinking ahead to the next quarter. And so that's what this is all about. Pretty much laying the foundation with like overall goals for the year and then zoning in to each quarter. So while we're in that quarter, we're hitting our milestones, but looking ahead to the next one. Um, so that we continually move forward. So this episode is just me outlining some best practices for setting your own goals and then how you can actually break up your goals, some categories that I suggest and some ways in which you can set your goals and then actually put actions in place to reach them. So starting out, let's talk about actually setting your goals and what you need to do in order to reach them. Um, I was completing some coursework for my real estate license renewal a few weeks ago, and I came across some lessons about setting a business plan. And those lessons happen to be a great reminder of things that I have already learned in business school, but I hadn't thought about it much recently. And so it gave me a fresh perspective on things. And so in this particular lesson, they were talking about creating a business plan and how you have to set objectives for your company. And depending on the size company, you're limited to only two to four or three to five objectives. And in your long range plan of three to five years, you're spending all that time reaching those goals. So these are very broad goals, but they're also very big goals and they require detailed planning and being able to really like 
hone in on the things that you're good at and the things that you're not good at in order to actually reach the goal at the end of those years. And then it also takes a level of reflection and analysis and pivoting in case you're not reaching those goals or you got to it too fast, right? So the important concept that I really grasp from these lessons that I think can also apply to setting personal goals is the fact that your goal is not the end all be all when it comes to setting your plan in place to actually reach them. Your goal is actually a bigger, broader, general statement, but it is specific enough to guide your actions. So from your goal, you actually need to break that down into different strategies. Your strategies are the tools and resources that you're going to use to actually reach that goal. And then even further, you break down your strategies into tactics. And tactics are the actual skill sets and the actions, the repetitive things that you will do on a daily basis or weekly basis that will give you progress towards your goals. So the tactics lead right into the goals, but the strategies determine what tactics you'll use. So I'll kind of refer to those three different levels of goal setting and goal reaching or goal getting as I go through the different categories of goals that I think are a good place to start with when thinking about your goals for 2023. So now that I've talked about the essentials for actually setting your goals, let's walk through a quick example before I get into the different areas. So we'll talk about one of my goals for 2023 which is to earn $100,000 in my uh, combined income for all self-employment activities. And so, you know, I still have my nine to five job, so that's why I separate it that way. It's a very lofty goal. I don't know if I'll actually meet it, but setting that ambitious goal is what I'm hoping will motivate me to be more strategic about the things that I do throughout the year in order to actually reach that goal and by the end of the cycle or the process in pursuing this goal, I can actually realize my bigger goal, which is eventually working for myself full time. So within that goal, my strategies are very specific and they relate to that bigger goal. So one of my strategies is to use real estate and referral marketing since I no longer live in the state where I'm licensed but use referral marketing for income. Another strategy is to use Be Chic through this podcast, through the Be Chic Collective membership, and through other services and um, products that I offer, using those as strategies to earn income. And then the last branch of that income is to provide one-on-one creative services. So I've been honing my design skills for the last couple of years and I want to work with clients one-on-one and I know that's another lucrative area to earn income throughout the year. So building up my income through one-on-one services as well, I believe will contribute to my overall goal of making $100,000 through self-employment income. 
So those three things are my strategies. And then if I get even granular into the tactics, that's when I actually define what I will be doing on a daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly basis to reach my strategies, which in turn helps me reach my goal. So using my last strategy, which is leveraging one-on-one client services, if I look at the tactics, what that relates to or what that refers to is how I will get those clients. So my goal is to use online platforms like Upwork and Fiverr and posting my jobs, posting um, my, uh, I can't think of the term now, but posting pretty much like my profile, putting in a bid for jobs that are being posted by clients and actually going out and looking at what options are out there and putting myself out there for the job. And so by doing that on a regular basis, eventually I will earn some clients, which will earn me income and help me reach my goal. So that's how I break down my goals. And as you can see, that was a really broad goal to start off with. And that's why you only need about two to four of those. And actually for like your personal life, you need like four to six. (laughs) So not starting as low as two and just really honing in on those things. And it's very easy to set a goal that can be reached within a quarter or a hundred days. It just depends on when you want to do it. You don't necessarily have to start every goal. And I wouldn't advise this start every goal at the beginning of the year And then just try to do all of them in the first quarter. Like that's not realistic at all. But being very focused and what time of year you want to focus on a goal and then only focus on that for that short period of time will really motivate you to pursue that goal exclusively and to make it happen and then move on to the next thing. So when it comes to looking at the categories, we'll be going over how to set goals and um, somewhat like suggested tactics and strategies as well with your finances, um, experiences, which I'll explain a little bit more too, self-care, your career, a side hustle or passion project, and then lastly, decluttering, which I think is the most important one. So stay tuned all the way to the end to hear the advice on that one. So starting with finances, you already know this is a finance heavy podcast, so I won't go too deep into that because we'll talk about it all year long. But I do want to reiterate that it is important to have a financial goal, whether it be revolving around a specific number or if it is just like a very concrete goal, like have savings for such and such many months. Like it's important to have that to give you purpose with your actions that you have on a daily basis. So I would encourage you to be realistic, but also be ambitious to push and stretch yourself at the same time. And then just overall, whether this is a part of your main goal or not, I would encourage you to make saving and investing a priority because it really does help, especially in a time where there is a looming recession. You want to make sure that you have as much cash, but also um, smart invested money on hand as possible. And then lastly, 
this is one of the things that I will probably forever be preaching about is to have some type of money rule set in place because when your discipline and motivation runs out, you want to have a process in place where it's like no questions asked and just very low pressure and easy to continue to save or uh, different spending habits without having to really think about it. So next are experiences. And these are basically like activities, outings, things that you want to do to pretty much keep you on track with living a life that is fun to you, one that you truly enjoy and just having things to look back on and not feeling like you wasted time and it just all blew past without you realizing it. I took this idea from the Feminine Universe on YouTube and I really like her channel, so check it out. But I really took to heart her ideas about creating experiences that help you stay, you know, committed to living a life of luxury, whatever that means to you, and living a life that you're happy with, proud of, and making memories that you can have for years to come. And so the big idea around this is to set about three to five small experiences that you want to do throughout the year and two to four big experiences. The big ones refer to like international trips, getting a new car, getting a job, things that take a little bit more work and time investment in order to come to fruition. The three to five small ones include things like trying out a new fancy restaurant, going to a play, going to a sports game, um, trying out a new... um, spot in a neighborhood near yours, taking a regional trip, like those things that you can do a little bit more frequently. So I highly encourage you to do that because you don't want to miss out on life. You don't want it to pass you by and you don't want to rely on spontaneous opportunities to just come your way throughout the year that you think like, oh, I'll just be prepared for it because I'll be saving or whatever. Like, no, you want to actually plan for that stuff ahead of time so you can build that into your budget as well. And then lastly, for this section, we'll talk about self-care. And this is whatever self-care is to you, following your definition of self-care. What's important, intentional things that you can do, whether that's reading, learning, salon visits, going to the gym, whatever that is, how can you outline a goal that feeds into that self-care? What can you commit to that really feeds into you recharging, rejuvenating, and feeling like you've done something for yourself and yourself exclusively. Now, with this concept, I do think that it is really important to list out a bunch of different ideas, but again, really hone in on one or two things at a time and figuring out what really works for you. So if you find that for a full quarter, getting your nails done every two weeks is something that's like super therapeutic for you. You love the reminder of how much you're taking care of yourself by getting your nails done and you want to keep doing that throughout the year. Great. But let's say that you want to commit to yoga and you realize like that's not the thing that you want to do in the summer. Don't force yourself to continue doing that. Maybe explore a different type of physical activity or something that's a little bit more meditative and still for another quarter and just see like what meets you where you're at in your life at that time, mentally, emotionally, but always keeping something at the forefront and definitely intentional that helps you recharge, regroup, and show yourself some love. Just show yourself that 
you prioritize yourself and you're going to commit to this all year long, whether it's a different activity or not, you're going to be intentional about your self-care. All right, next, let's talk about our careers, because this is something that is very easy to fall into complacency if we're not careful. I just heard on a TikTok the other day, which I thought was like spot on, that if you are not learning or earning in your current role, then it's time for you to move on. And when they say that, referring to these two terms, learning means that you're in a position where you're learning new skills, you're really growing your skill set, and you're honing your craft That is a great opportunity for you because you are positioning yourself for either a raise or a move to another higher position, another company, but you can leverage what you've learned. Or sometimes you just got to be focusing on making this money and you could be in a job where you're being paid really well and it's helping you put yourself in a financial position where you can easily make a move or take a sabbatical or whatever it is, but you are definitely earning a lot of money and it is helping you for the next phase in your career. So if you're not doing one of those two things, you're probably stagnant in your career and it's time to start shaking things up. Whether that means finding a way to start learning more in your current role or shifting a bit, even if if it is in the same company to earn more, there's something that must be done. And honestly, I think the quickest, easiest and most effective hack to that is to get active on LinkedIn, whether that be super active where you're creating posts, commenting on others, sharing others, reaching out, building your network, or taking the slower route and just checking in every now and then, I'd say every month at minimum, making sure that your LinkedIn profile is fully optimized, that you're updating people on projects that you're doing, accomplishments at work, accomplishments on projects you're doing in the community, really putting yourself out there so that you attract people to you. LinkedIn is a great platform for that if you play the game right. And you want to be doing that whether you're looking for a job or not, because you're always keeping your options open. That's something I learned earlier this year, and I've been trying to be more active on LinkedIn just so that I'm always ready for whatever opportunity may come my way. The other thing I love about LinkedIn is that virtual networking is the norm. So it's easier to break the ice with people, especially if you're an introverted person who does not like to initiate conversations. By putting yourself in a position where you can be approached by others because you're very active, whether um It's just commenting and not necessarily having full-on conversations with other people. That's all you really need to just keep your options open in your career. So definitely look into that. And then also, I highly enjoy listening to podcasts and joining social groups and forums in the industry that I'm in to stay informed and up-to-date on what's going on, like realistically (laughs) for people and not just like what magazines and blogs are saying. But also looking into industries that are interesting to you, that you're not a part of. It can be adjacent to yours or something that's totally different because sometimes that just gives you insight on things and a new perspective that you can bring into your own role that you're currently not exercising. Okay, and then I promise this is the last thing about your career. You know, this is like a finances and career heavy podcast. So I love talking about all things like this, but... Logging all of your accomplishments at work is super important 
It helps you with leveraging your current skill set at a new jobs interview or trying to get a raise or promotion to really prove your value, especially at a time where there are like layoffs and stuff happening. Like you want to be the person who is prepared to prove, hey, this is what I do. This is what I bring to the table. You will be a fool to, you know, let me go or to not meet me where I'm asking you to with the negotiations. So keep that in mind as well. And then closely related to careers are side hustling, passion projects. You know that that is a big thing for me, especially with one of my goals for the year. But whether you're making money from it or not, it is important to have a passion project just to pull you away from your regular day to day, doing something that brings you joy and something that helps keep the creative muscle moving and continues to help you grow in a craft that's outside of your career. So I definitely want you to consider setting a big goal that you are committed to following through on. Because even if you don't reach that goal, you're going to reach higher than what you would have done if you weren't serious and committed to that. So this year, I want to get more creative with my projects and working with uh, one-on-one clients doing design-focused projects. And I mentioned already that that's something I'm going to do through one-on-one client work on Upwork. This is in addition to what I'm doing with Be Sheet Collective and my referral real estate business. Having all of these to kind of balance each other out is what will kind of make my life more holistic, fulfilled, and feel like I'm at equilibrium because I'm doing things that are all different from each other. And so having this side hustle, which will also earn me money, is something that will help me out financially, but it will also help me feel balanced in my life and my goals. So the last thing that I want to talk about is decluttering. And I think it's just important to have this as an ongoing goal, not necessarily as like a big 2023 goal, but as an ongoing goal in general, because it is easy to just pile things on more and more and more throughout the years as the year goes on without thinking about how can I purge and how can I like reset and stay kind of minimal as we're constantly looking for ways to add more into our life physically and mentally, we have to take time to purge the things that are still reminders of the past that aren't serving us anymore and that are literally just dead weight that we're carrying with us. I remember when we started to prepare to move to Seattle, we were actually afforded the opportunity to work with the professional organizer who came to our house and helped us declutter some things that we didn't need. We definitely had the ability to declutter on our own, but she helped us look at things from a different perspective and helped us actually get the stuff out of our house and not have to deal with the logistics of dropping it off at like a Goodwill or having to take it somewhere to be disposed of. And that was super helpful. But it showed that sometimes we just hold on to things because it's convenient to hold on to it rather than get rid of it. But it honestly feels so much lighter and even mentally... Like you just have so much weight lifted off of you when you see that that physical clutter is no longer in your space. So I'm sure that we all can benefit from decluttering a little bit and finding ways to live a more minimal life. And not even if it's not minimal, making sure that like for everything that comes into the place, 
take something out because it's definitely replacing something. If it's a newer, shinier, better thing that you really will be using versus what you already have, then get rid of the old things. Let someone else enjoy it and let it live its second life or let it be disposed of properly. And, you know, you just live on with your life and you're not carrying around this baggage. And I don't only mean this with physical items and you know, mental baggage that you might be pulling along. But what about digital things? Old devices, old files, old photos, old apps. Get rid of those too. Those are also baggage. But just having the ability to use a device that's faster, that's lighter, because it has less files, is just great for personal workflow on a daily basis. And same for your daily routines. What are mental tasks What are physical tasks that you're doing around the house, doing for your family, doing for yourself that can be automated, that can be delegated to AI or just, you know, technology in general that's meant to help us offload some things with reminders, calendar events, notes in your phone. Like definitely take advantage of that. I started to learn from the Project Knowledge management system called the second brain from uh, Tiago Forte that there are so many things that we really bog ourselves down with through trying to remember it (laughs) like just solely relying on the organic resource of our brain that is meant for creativity and adding value to the world and not keeping track of the mundane activities in our lives but by leveraging our technology we are able to live a more productive and impactful life because a lot of that stuff has been delegated and offloaded onto our technology that can do it so much better than us. And these are like small admin things. I'm not asking for you to like invest in a robot to do all this stuff for you. (laughs) These are small things that we're already using. We're just not optimizing. So keep that in mind. Setting a goal to just do that and kind of find a reset just helps you even more to reach your other goals. So I wanted to bring that up, but I wanted to bring it up last because I wanted you to really get the impacts of that by listening to the entire episode. So yeah, that's all I have for you today. I really hope that this roundup helps you put together a strong list of 2023 goals and not um, falling into the trap of setting all these goals that you end up not reaching. I looked at my list last year. I had 20 goals for 2023 and I think I reached like two or three of them and a couple of them were done like in a matter of weeks when I realize like, oh, I can do that right now. So I want you to have goals that are impactful that you can reach quickly, but they're complex enough where they really stretch you. So keep that in mind. Do not follow the advice of these gurus, um, blogs, and people who are like all about productivity organization saying that you should have these 23 goals for 2023. Like, no, that's way too much. What you need is three to four goals that you really care about and setting up strategies and tactics that help you reach those goals by the end of the year. And maybe even sooner, depending on how you organize your time. So yeah, that's it for today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did start to think about some goals already, 
go back and see how you can better refine them by adding some strategies and tactics to it and then put it all to a timeline and see how that works for you. And before I let you go, I definitely have to remind you to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. I would truly appreciate it and share this podcast with someone you know. Okay, we'll be back next week with this heat. But in the meantime, keep it chic.